Hey, if you guys want to uh, turn to Exodus 12, that's where we're going to start. Um, Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible. Uh, Exodus 12, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what's been leading up to this point. We all know the story with Pharaoh and God hardening his heart, right? He sends all these plagues. This is going to be kind of the last plague where the Lord is going to come kill the firstborn um, of animals and of kids. What? That's kind of weird, right? Let me pray real fast before we get in here. Um, and hopefully, hopefully you guys will feel challenged tonight. Um, Father, thank you just for Gabe and the worship band, Lord, and um, Lord, preparing our hearts in worship. Father, I pray now that we would um, begin to have our hearts prepared for your word and your truth and just your message that you have laid on our hearts, Father. So I pray, um, Lord, that your truth would come forth tonight, Lord. I pray that you would get all the glory, and um, Lord, that we would learn something tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so chapter 12, the Passover. You guys have probably heard this story. I don't know. Some of you may have heard it a lot. Some of you may not. Um, so I'm going to open it up right there in verse 1 of chapter 12. And it says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take up a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people they, there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. Skip on to verse 12. It says, On that same night... I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. I, I once had this story kind of told um, from a child's perspective, and so I'm going to share that with you guys because it, it kind of brings into fruition a lot of this is going on. So... It kind of goes like this. I was, I was at home, and my parents said that we need you to stay at home while we go outside um, and find us a lamb for you. And I was like, well, can I go with? And they said, no, we need you to stay. And so I stayed, and they went, and they got this lamb, and they brought it back home. And they said, all right, what we want you to do is we want this lamb to be yours. Play with it. Feed it. Take care of it for four days. And I was like, all right, that'll, that'll be easy. Um, and so I, I became a friend to this, this sheep, and I started feeding it, and I started playing with it, and it almost became like a friend of mine. Um, we began to grow attached to one another, and then on the fourth day, um, my father came in, and he said, son, stay here, and he took the sheep, and he took him out back, and he didn't know I was following him, and I, I went back, and I peeked my head around the corner, and I saw my dad slice the throat of the sheep, and its blood spilling out. And I looked over to my right, and I looked to my left, and I saw that my neighbors were doing the same thing. And I, I started screaming, and I was like, what is going on? And my dad took me aside, and he said, son, we're doing this for you. Um, that's really the story of the Passover. 
that's what was taking place here in this story. Um, so, so what is the Passover? Well, Passover um, comes from the Hebrew word Pesach, which means, you guessed it, to pass over or to spare. Um, this was a time where basically it was um, a deliverance of Israel from Egypt. If you remember, the, the Israelites were in slavery to Egypt. Um, 400, some people will say 400 years. It's actually 430 years. You can double check that at Exodus 1240 because it says 430 years. Um, and, and why do I believe this happened? Well, I think God wanted to show his provision for his people in Israel. Um, this was a new beginning. As we see here, it says in verse 2, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. And so it, it's a time around March or April, and it was given to Israel as kind of a new start, a new identity to move forward with its people out of slavery. Um, and so we see that this is more than just a sacrifice. So what, what, are, what are some of the rules of the Passover? Let's take a look at this. Let's break down some of this text. It says, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. So you're supposed to, to take a lamb or a goat. It says, if the household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people. Look at verse 5. The animals you choose must be your old males without blemish. And then where's that four days kind of come from? So it says on the tenth day of the month in verse 3, right? And then when you move down to verse 7, no, verse 6, sorry. Take care of them until the fourteenth day. So you've got this lamb for four days that you take care of. So why four days? What's, what's the big deal with four days? Um, a lot of scholars go back and forth and debate, and, and, and you can give numerous um, things. I like to side on it was kind of a day of observance. I've heard it said um, by some scholars that they say that in order to know that this lamb was without blemish, the reason why they, they gave the four days was like to, to observe the lamb, to see if it really was without defect. So that's kind of interesting. And then it said, then in verse 7, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they are to eat. So we see a lot of different things going on here, right? Okay, now flip with me. This is New Covenant, or Old Covenant, excuse me. So the, the New Covenant, what happens? So all the way through until the book, the end of the book of Malachi, we see that this is the old covenant that Moses kind of describes. But then we see that there's a, a series between the Old Testament and the New Testament where we have silence. Does anybody know for how long? Ooh, somebody said it. Maybe not. 400 plus years of silence. And then we, that's when actually, chronologically, some of the stories start in Matthew and in the Gospels. And we see who gets introduced, Jesus Christ. And that becomes the new covenant. And this happens, let's go to, first, let's go to John. And I'm going to go to John 1, 26, 29, excuse me. Hopefully some light bulbs will start going off here for you guys in just a second. 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God. 
who does what? Who takes away the sin of the world. Keep reading with me. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has suppressed me because he was before me, surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would have not have known him except that the one who sent, him, sent me to baptize him with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Keep that in the back of your mind. 35. The next day John was there again with the two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Interesting, right? So in Exodus, we see what? We see that there's this lamb without blemish, this perfect lamb that gets sacrificed on behalf of the, the Israelites and their sin, and the Lord passes over them, not bringing destruction upon them. And then we see in John, John's describing Jesus as the Lamb of God, the Son of God. Let's skip ahead. Let's go to Revelation. That's way at the end of the book, right? Revelation chapter 5. Sorry, I'm giving you a lot of scripture tonight. Chapter 5, verse 6, it says, here's John describing this vision. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because what? Because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased man for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Now, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like when I... When I read through scripture and I start intertwining things like this, it, it, it excites me. I get really excited because I'm like, this is awesome. I had no idea. And as I was, as I was reading that, you know, and I keep reading on to in, in Revelation 7, 17. I'll just read that off of this. It says, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Get this, you guys. Jesus came in as the lamb on selection day. He was seen in the temple every day. So, so during this time, let, let's, let's think of the times leading up to Christ's crucifixion. Um, if, you, if you go to John chapter 12, it'll start there where it says like five or six days before Passover. Before Passover. So they were still practicing Passover. Five or six days before that, Jesus is there. He's with his disciples. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's teaching in the temple. And who observed him? Well, you've got the crowds of people, the elders, the high priests, Pilate. Even the criminal on the cross, right? Was observing who Christ was and who he said he was. 
And something that I find kind of interesting is most of these people said the same thing, that I find no fault in him, as Pilate would say. But the high priest had a problem with him, and the Pharisees, who called out crucify him because he claims to be who? The Son of God. Remember, as we, we backed up in, in John, John says, Behold the Lamb of God, but then he also says the Son of God in there as well. You guys, Jesus lines up with everything that the Passover lamb did in the Old Testament. And I don't, I don't for me, it, as I read through this, I'm like, how did they not get it? Like, there, there's so many times where I'm reading through Scripture, this is one of those where I'm like, how did the Jewish people not know that this was the Lamb of God, their Passover Lamb, the King that they had been waiting for? Jesus was a male. He was first born to Mary. He was the only begotten Son of God. He was slaughtered or murdered, just like the Lamb in the... In, in the Passover. And his blood has set us free from death. Just like the lamb's blood did in the Passover in the Old Testament. Now, another thing that's kind of interesting, I, when I start studying this stuff, I, like, I start digging deeper because I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. Something that's interesting, in the Jewish calendar, their day started at 6 a.m., that was the beginning of their day. So from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. was considered daytime. And from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., it was considered nighttime. The lamb in the Old Testament was slaughtered in between the evenings or twilight, which is said to be 3 p.m. So here's another interesting tie. Um, some of your Bibles may say that Jesus was crucified at the ninth hour. You guys remember reading that anytime? Somebody preaching that. Jesus was crucified at the ninth hour. If 6 a.m. was the start of the day, the ninth hour was 3 p.m. Hmm. Interesting. I love reading this stuff because when I was your age, I was one of those guys that was like, I hate reading Old Testament because it's boring and it's old and I don't really get it. But when you understand and God starts to bring to light some of these stories within the Old Testament that then intertwine with the New Testament. It brings a whole new light on things, right? Jesus not only satisfied these same things, but he died at a perfect hour. So what, what happened on the cross? Jesus died for your sins, right? Well, what else in resemblance? Like, it was his blood that was applied to this cross, this wood. Same thing in Exodus. I wrote this down, and you guys can write this down. I don't know if I put this up there. It, said, it says, As the blood of the animal was the means of escaping death. Yeah, there we go. It's up there. So Christ's blood is the means of redemption for believers. So as Christ's blood of the animal that was the means of escaping death, 
or as the blood of the animal was the means of escaping death, so Christ's blood is the means of redemption for believers. You guys, this is what Easter is about. Easter is about what Christ did for us on the cross. It's the celebration that, that we all take part in. But I, I want to kind of challenge you guys, just as I've been challenged, that I hope this Easter is a little bit different for you guys. I hope this Easter is a little bit different because you realize what Christ did for you on the cross. I hope it's different because you realize that with the Passover, it was only the beginning of what was to take place in the end. We're, we're going to take communion um, here in a little bit, but before we do that, I want to challenge um, you guys to just maybe take a few minutes. To maybe just take a few minutes and dwell on all of the scripture that was just presented, but, but more importantly, dwell on your relationship with Christ. Dwell on where you're at with God. Take some time and just maybe talk with God. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe, maybe this is the first time that you actually realize what Easter is all about. Maybe it's the first time that it does, you realize that the Easter bunny and Easter eggs aren't everything that Easter is about. Which, by the way, I have no idea. Maybe somebody can tell me later. This is kind of a side note. Rabbit trail. Huh. Have fun. <laughs> um, where'd the Easter bunny come from, anyway? What, what's the Easter bunny have anything to do with Easter? Anyways. Um, but really take some time and, and think about just where you're at with God. As we do that, I want to read, um, and you guys have probably all heard this before, but it's 1 Corinthians. It's talking about the, the Lord's Supper when he's with his disciples. But just listen to some of these things, and then I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to start in verse 23, and it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Did you get that? For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks a cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks a cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Here, here's why I think communion is, is important. One, it brings us back to what Easter and what the crucifixion is all about. It helps us remember why Christ died on the cross, why that lamb was sacrificed. And here's the difference. In the Old Testament, when, when sacrifices were made, they had to continually do it over and over again. Right? 
They had to go take it to the Levites and the priests. And they had to sacrifice on behalf of their sins. What happened with the new covenant in Jesus Christ? What do you say on the cross? It's, it's finished. Right? No longer do we have to live by law. But we can live by grace through faith. Through Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. So take this time. Spend some time and examine yourselves before you partake in some of the communion. I think we've got a couple tables set up somewhere around here. Um, One's over here, I think covered up. Is that the only one? There's one over here. All right. Um, And when you feel led, get up and and go take communion. I do want to say one thing, a couple things on communion. Um, If you don't go to Brookside, it's okay. If you're a believer in Christ, we, we want to invite you to partake in that with us. Um, but I, I do want to say if you're not a believer and you don't know if you're saved, um, Scripture's pretty clear about just going up there and, and partaking in communion. It says, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Um, it's, it's not just for show. It, it's for you and God. It's for you to take that time between you and him. So take this time. Um, I'm going to come back up here in a little bit and close this out, but I want some time for you guys to just kind of get right with the Lord and uh, maybe confess some things and then partake in communion.